the Better Brew Podcast. Calling all business owners, busy bees, and wannabes. If you're here, you're in the right place. I'm Stephanie Huffman, owner of Bosco, Bailey, a business, and a bursa. Each week, I'll take you behind the barista bar and share with you the recipes for juggling the lattes of life while looking for that perfect blend. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of your week. Now let's get down to business. The Better Brew Podcast was started for people like you and me. We're trying to run a business, a home, and a life. Contrary to what some people might think, it's not easy, and sometimes we're just faking it as we're trying to juggle all of those plates. This month, our theme has been The Grid, a time, energy, and resources mindset tool that I developed years ago while going through a transition. This year, we've all been going through transitions, and we've had time to possibly revisit those goals, dreams, and passions perhaps sitting on the back shelf of our lives. Our guest today embodies the four quadrants of the grid. She just seems to have her time, energy, and resources down to a science, and she also works toward balance. She's a doctor, a woman of color, and I know you're going to love her story. Hello, Dr. Isla Foster. Say hello, Stephanie. That's so sexy. (laughs) I absolutely love it. That's so great. Well, let's just get right into it. Um, You're a licensed chiropractor. Yes. That's pretty impressive. And um, I love these stats that I learned that the world you entered was 92% white men, 3% African-American men, probably, right? Uh, Well, the majority men, and it was 92% just white, but the majority men. So not just only the white men. I said, but it was, yeah, it was still probably at least 75% of that 92% were men. What did that feel like? So it, it was a little different going into an atmosphere where it was the majority males because in college, it was majority women, even though there were a good amount of men there. So it was two totally opposite things from undergrad to professional school. So it took some adjusting, but once I got there, I was like, okay. I can do this. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I did four years of undergrad, then four years of chiropractic school. So eight years on top of the 12 you do before. So it's like you were basically your entire life, you were in school. And I think people forget in order to get to where you are, you didn't just go to college. You had to go to school after that. Yes, indeed. Because you know, you think about coming out of college, 21, 22, you have no clue about being in college at 25, 26. So it's definitely a totally different world for you. I said, but I would like to say that it really helped me to mature and to grow because even though being away for undergrad, I was three hours from home. So you had to become an adult, but actually being in an entirely different state away from my family, living in my own apartment, I felt it was time to be mature and make grown decisions. It's just really impressive. When you entered college, if I understand correctly, your class had the largest number of black students to that point, And that means there were about 10 of you. <laughs> yes, it, 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 that we were the largest class. Uh, I think they, during that time, they had intentionally put in place a program to start recruiting more minorities. 
because just in our community in general, you don't find many, well, back then you didn't find many African-Americans going to chiropractic. And what, what year was that, may I ask? It was 1998. It was during that time and they had, uh, created this initiative to get more minority students in because they had a recruiter actually come to my undergrad and tell us a lot about the program. And I was thankfully chosen to receive a scholarship to chiropractic school. And so I went there on the scholarship and just going in there out of those like 10 people, I would say it was at least like six females and then four males. So it was like, okay, we're coming in, we're coming in there slowly after more and more classes coming in, there were more people of color. When you walked into a room, did you like have to mentally prep yourself because you felt like you were being stared at? I mean, what was that like? No, and I, I, this is sad to say, I'm an introvert, so I have a good thing of just ignoring my surroundings and people around me. So when I walk in, I'll just pick where I'm going to sit and I'll just walk to it and I'm fine there, which is good and not good. <laughs> but it helped me to be able to walk in and still feel comfortable because I didn't feel as if people were just staring at me because I know we're all in the majority in the same age group. And I was just like, okay, it yeah. is what it is. I'm here. It, it is what it is. Here I am. You know, people forget that you go to school forever and ever and ever, and then you do your residency, I guess. Well, for us in chiropractic school, we do that portion while we're in school, when we start with student clinic, and then we go on and start working on the public during our, we, we did um, quarters. So during your, which would be considered more like your, I guess, third year and fourth year, we're actually working on the public then. Now, after that, depending on if you want to go and specialize in different things, then you'll go on and do further studies. But we don't have to go out and do like a true residency after school because- Oh, that's cool. You have to see so many patients and do so many different procedures before you're able to graduate. So some people finish with class, but if they haven't actually finished that portion, they can't graduate. So people forget that doctors have to open a practice or join one and they run a business. They're not just, oh, hey, next patient. Okay, here's your meds or here's your crack, crack, go on your way. You literally opened your own business as well. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, the funny thing about it, in most professional schools, they don't teach you how to run a business. They no, only teach they you don't. how to be that professional. We had maybe one business class. So coming oh. out, I knew I didn't really have a good business background. So I wanted to go and be what's called an associate doctor first. So I moved to the DC area and that's where I was in a practice under another doctor so I could learn the business aspect of it. And after being there, I was there for almost four years. After being there, that's when I decided to actually step out and open up my own practice. And I chose Nashville to move to. Didn't know a soul here. Well, let me take this back. I knew one person for about five months here. And I picked up and left DC and came down to Nashville and opened up my doors, not knowing where the first patient was going to come from. I wow. said, but, um, it was, you know, it, it was a challenge, but I had to step out of my shell and actually get out and meet people because like, once again, being an introvert, you're fine not talking to anybody, but being a business owner, you have to talk to people. 
<laughs> yeah, you kind of have to, and you have to run your staff. Yes, you don't. You're you're not just being a doctor. I mean, you have to be jack of all trades. You do. You have to train. You have to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to, so manage properly, but at the same time, continue to be a good doctor and deliver the proper adjustments and the proper care to the patients that they're coming for. Because regardless if you have everything else running well in the practice, if you're not doing your job that you actually went to school for, you're defeating the purpose. But you know, I can say this, I specifically had to start splitting up my days to actually work on the business because I found myself in the beginning, just constantly working in the business. I was just working in the business, in the business. And of course, your business will not grow if you continue to do that. So time blocking helped me tremendously to actually be focused on working on the business so I could help with that growth portion. And then when I'm actually with the patients to be in the business, doing what I need to do there. Wow. People just don't realize how much you were juggling. And at the same time, you kind of had a home and maybe a little bit of a life. Tell me about what is it like when you're doing that? Do you hire a housekeeper? Do you have meals ordered in? I mean, how did you, man did you, were you renting? Did you own? What was that like? Well, when I first moved here, I, uh, I bought a place in the very beginning. So I bought a condo because one, I knew I didn't want to cut grass. Yeah. And I <laughs> Okay, I'm not doing that. So I bought a condo and it really made life easier. Uh, I love to cook and that helps. So now, now I'm at the point, honestly, where I'm about to start ordering some meals just throughout the day. Because what I find is that when I make it home from the office, even though I've meal prepped a little, I don't feel like actually going in preparing the meal no. When I get home, I normally I get home in the evenings, anywhere between six thirty and seven. You just want to kick your feet up and have a glass of wine, I would think. That's all. That is all, yeah. and have a meal that's already waiting for me. And considering yes. that I'm not married, so it's not like I can have a husband who has already prepared things for me either. Yeah, we're gonna have to find you one of those. <laughs> that is so true. So, with that being the case, I come. I'm going to, like I said, start doing those meal preps because at least have something for Monday through Thursday. And then the other days I can still do the enjoyment of cooking because it brings me peace. So like ordering those box meals that come in, maybe that you do prep or do you just do takeout or? Well, I'm actually going to use someone local because I love supporting local businesses. So there is a, a young man here who he prepares meals locally. And so I'm going to use his services. And what about cleaning? I actually do all of my cleaning myself, but you know, I've been toying with at least saying I need to have a housekeeper come in at least once to twice a month, maybe. Don't you think we women don't give ourselves permission to do that? Why we think is that? we have to do everything for Why everybody except ourselves. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we feel like we're failing if we don't do everything. It's like even Martha Stewart has an entire staff. <laughs> yes, that is so true. That is so true. But, you know, unfortunately, that's how women are raised. We're raised to be that way. We're raised that if we don't attend every game because we're working for our children, we're a bad mother. If we don't have a meal cooked every night for the family, we're a bad wife. But no, that's not the case. 
did we're a you, team. Did That's you how we're find, supposed to be as a team. <laughs> did you find that you were able to have a life? I mean, did you ever get to the point where you could have a life? And, or did you just conscientiously say, I'm going to have a life? How did that happen? You know, Stephanie, I was always a person who believed in having great balance. But then when I started uh, the practice in the beginning, I became burned out. And I literally had to just walk away. I just walked away completely. At that, the first practice I had, I had a business partner. And I said, you know, you can have it all. I don't, I'm done. Done. And that wow. was in 2012. So that was six years after we had opened. And that was because, like I said, I was just constantly working, working, working. And I wasn't doing anything that was bringing me peace. And mm -hmm. so I was just going about, it's like it was just a routine. I was just on go. And I promised myself once that happened, I said, I would never get back to that place again. So now I intentionally make sure I'm doing something if not daily, at least several times a day, where it's just peaceful, where my mind can just relax. I, you know, daily I do a devotion, but since the quarantine has started, so of course being at home by yourself, that helps because at least I was able to have some type of interaction. But I started a weekly happy hour with just about five of my friends. So every Friday they come over here and we sit out on my, patio and we just laugh and talk and dance and have a few drinks and it's so relaxing but it, it gives me a great balance i love to travel and of course right now that's being put on hold but in my mind i sit out there at the patio and thankfully i have a great view but so i look over the rolling hills and i just say to myself pretend i'm at a beach in my mind i close my eyes and just go there but i have to do those type of things to to stay same. <laughs> but we so, so often we don't take just that little second. I mean, even if it's 15 minutes out of the day, anything is better than absolutely nothing. Because what happens is you get on overload. And when you do, your body starts to shut down. You start to become even physically sick outside of the emotional things that you have going on. But I knew with me starting my second practice here, which is just solo, I was like, well, I can't just walk away from this. Because if I walk away from it, it is closed. <laughs> so I was like, I have to make sure I intentionally stay balanced. And so. Wow, you really do work at it, don't you? I think a lot of people think that, well, we never consider, our doctors are sort of in this ethereal cloud. You know, they're kind of untouchable. And we never think of you guys as having ailments. You've actually had an ailment most of your life. Yes, I was, and the funny thing about that is that's how I actually started to become a chiropractor. I was diagnosed at the age of 20 with scoliosis. I had no clue that I had had it. And by the time that I was diagnosed with it, I mean, it was basically like an S as how my spine looks. I said, uh, but I had awakened one morning and just excruciating pain. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I've never been a huge medicine taker. So it's not like I was just going to take some Advil or Tylenol and just let it go away. So I was like, okay, let me see what's happening. So I made an appointment with a chiropractor at home and went, was diagnosed with the scoliosis. And literally within a week of being treated by him, I was pain-free. Really? 
And it was absolutely awesome. And I was so amazed. I was like, okay, you have to explain to me, what are you doing? And so he let me come and shadow him. And thank, I was about to enter into my senior year of undergrad. So he let me come and shadow him and I shadowed and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. The scoliosis, I don't have any issues from it. I just make sure that I stay adjusted and I get massages. So as long as I'm doing those things and stretching daily, I am good. Well, and you picked a profession where you're on your feet most of the day working on somebody else. And here you have scoliosis. They would never know that. You know, you know something and that's, it's funny because I'll show my x-rays to patients sometimes when they have a scoliosis. And I was like, okay, so this is how I look inside. No, and this is how you are. And they was like, looking at you, I would never know that you have anything wrong. And then there are certain things I can do. Like if I bend over and you can look at my back, you'll see that it's not just flat like everyone else's back. You can see the unevenness side to side. I said, uh, but as severe as it is, you definitely would think I would be just, just disproportioned body-wise because it is it's a, it's a severe scoliosis that I do have. Wow. I'm just thankful that I don't have the pain that they normally would cause most people. But being and up moving helps because that's lubricating my joints. So that's helping me to actually move those muscles and work. Actually, what most people don't realize, sitting is the worst thing that we can do. So really? sitting all day for prolonged periods of time puts more stress on your back. So standing is what you need to do. Standing, moving around is what you really need. Interesting. And you are really committed, it sounds like, to, well, you're practicing what you preach, but you have a self-care routine to attack this and thwart it. Or I don't know what the correct terminology would be, but to keep it back or to keep it? Well, to keep it from basically flaring up. So I I do because that pain I experienced that day I never wanted to experience that again in my life. It's as if, I mean, I couldn't even get up and move and walk. It would hurt that bad. So I was determined that whatever it is I need to do, I am doing it. And it has paid off tremendously. I think people think balance will just happen or balance will come. You're shaking your head. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we do think that, you know, we think there's, all these hours in the day that we'll be able to do this gigantic list of things, including have time for ourselves. But no, because the one thing is, unfortunately, people will try to control your schedule and you have to do that. So people will always pull you in these different directions because they feel that what they have and need is an emergency. But you have to set your boundaries and you have to say, okay, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is when I can do it. So just like you schedule anything else, you have to schedule that self-care time and say, during this time, this is it. You know, if you have a house full of children, if it's you waking up before everybody else gets out of bed and just taking 20 to 30 minutes to yourself, that'll help you be balanced. Because one thing as women that we really, really forget is that if we're not functioning properly and we're not fully there, nobody else is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Running ourselves ragged and down into the ground, trying to make sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do, but neglecting ourselves is going to eventually affect them anyway. Well, you have a lot of wisdom. I'm wondering if to the people listening to you going, oh, she's given me a lot to think about. What would be your real number one better blend tip? You know, so many different things come to my mind, but I think the best one that I can think of to myself is 
that no one is you and that's your power. The thing about it is we always look at other people. So like, oh, you know, I wish I had their life or I wish I could do this or they have this talent or whatever. God created you specifically who you are for a reason. He put a purpose inside of you. He put special talents inside of you. The world needs those things. So be proud of who you are. Be the best of who you are. Make yourself better. Continue to work on yourself. Continue to learn, to continue to grow because there's no one else out here like you but you. You can be a twin, but you're still different. There's only one you. So no one is you and that's your power. Use it. That's fantastic. Well, Dr. Foster, it's been an honor to have you uh, on the show today. Uh, it, you're just a delight, and you're lovely also. They can't see you, but you're lovely to look at. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and I just uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of the week, and um, I'd love to have you back. Anytime, anytime. I have thoroughly enjoyed this, and I thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, wasn't that a great reminder today that balance can be achieved? And if you're looking for balance or boundaries or time management or encouragement, maybe the grid's for you. To learn more and to join our online community, hop over to patreon.com and find me, Stephanie Huffman, for all the details and all the goodies. When you join our VIP level, I've got a special treat for you, which is an introductory session to the grid with me, Stephanie. Or if you just want to do some research, grab a copy of my book and head on over to part four. I can't wait to see you there. And that, my friends, is what's been brewing in my brain this week. Can't wait to hear what's been brewing in yours. See you next week on the Better Brew Podcast. I'm Stephanie Huffman, wishing you not only a fantastic week, but that you'll find a better blend.